Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today, we will unlock the book 30 Million Words, Building a Child's Brain. There is an idiom that say, the child is the father of the man. It means that by observing a child's behavior, you can roughly predict his future. In fact, this proverb has a psychological basis. In January 2017, the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund launched a campaign called Early Moments Matter. It aims to call attention to brain development in the first thousand days of a child's life. During this critical stage, children's brains can build 1,000 new neuronal connections per year, which is the fastest it will be capable of working in their lifetime. Early childhood is the golden age of intellectual development, so as parents, how can we maximize our children's intellectual development and potential? Usually, once their children are born, many parents enter a phase of tense combat readiness and arrange various early childhood education activities for their children. In fact, there is one investment more critical than any early childhood education course, which is to spend more time chatting with their child. Numerous studies have shown that the language environment young children are exposed to can affect their future learning ability and personality. Parent talk is a key part of shaping the children's brains. Before a child turns three years old, parent talk will have directly affected their brain development. This book explores this in depth and puts forward three T's that can help maximize the potential of the brain. Tune in, talk more, and take turns. By learning the three T's, we can use language to shape children's brains and have a positive effect on their future. This book is the culmination of 30 years of scientific research by Dr. Dana Suskind. She is a professor of gynecology and pediatrics at the University of Chicago Medical Center, where she is also the director of the Pediatric Cochlear Implants Program and the founder and director of the 30 Million Words Initiative. She has also received the University of Chicago Medical Faculty Award for being a distinguished leader in program innovation. In this bookie, we will introduce the book 30 Million Words, Building a Child's Brain in the following three parts. Part 1. Why is there such a significant achievement gap among children? Part 2. What effect does parent talk have on a child's brain? Part 3. Learn the three T's to communicate with children. Let's first answer the question. Why is there such a significant achievement gap among children? Dr. Dana Suskin believes that the early language environment has a decisive influence on children's future growth. Have you ever heard of a hearing birthday? Whether at home or abroad, many children with congenital hearing loss will undergo cochlear implant surgery. The moment the cochlear device is activated, they regain their ability to hear and experience sounds from the outside world for the first time. Their family gather around them to celebrate their hearing birthday. If you search online, you will find many videos of this happening. At the moment when the cochlear device is activated, the parents gently say, Hi, I love you, and baby, do you hear me? An expression of wonder slowly emerges on the child's face, followed by a smile, and response. Everyone is moved to tears. 
Dr. Dana Suskind is a pediatric cochlear implant surgeon. Over the course of her work, she followed two young patients who were strikingly similar in many ways. Zach and Michelle are both congenitally deaf. They have similar levels of intelligence and loving parents. They had the same surgery when they were 8 and 7 months old respectively. However, the two children's outcomes were very different. Zach's home was filled with talking and laughter. His father, mother, brother and sister spoke to him a lot, so Zach received lots of information every day. After a few years, Zach recovered very well. Like children who were born with normal hearing, he went to a regular school and was very healthy. Unlike Zach's family, Michelle's father was ill, and her mother was under tremendous pressure. No one went out of their way to talk to Michelle, and her family gradually began to ignore her. In the end, although Michelle could hear voices, she couldn't understand them. She couldn't speak either, so she was put in a special education class at school. This brought Dr. Suskin great frustration. She thought about why two children with such similar potential could have such different outcomes. To find the answer, she began to learn about child psychology and found that two psychologists, Betty Hart and Todd Risley had already done related research. They chose 42 families from different classes. With their consent, the researchers installed monitoring equipment in their homes to record the interactions between parents and children. After a three-year investigation, they found that before reaching three years of age, there was a significant difference in the total number of words children heard. The total number of words heard by children of white-collar workers was 45 million, whereas the number of words children from families on welfare heard was only 13 million. This is a disparity of 32 million words. Also, in higher socioeconomic status families, Parents responded to their children 250 times per hour, out of which the children heard 40 verbal approvals per hour. In lower-income families, however, parents gave less than 50 responses per hour, and the children heard only 4 verbal approvals per hour. Moreover, in higher socioeconomic status families, children were more likely to hear affirmatives, such as you are awesome, good job, or I love you. Children from low-income families were more likely to hear prohibitions, such as no, stop it, you are stupid, and so on. It is these words that slowly widen the gap between children. The more parents talk to children, the more vocabulary children will learn, and the better their later intellectual development will be. At the same time, the quality of the language is also critical. The use of too many mandatory and prohibitive words has a negative impact on children. The research team returned every six years to monitor the children's progress. The conclusion of their research was that the early language environment affects children's language ability, academic performance, and both their IQ and emotional intelligence. This has little to do with the socioeconomic status of the family. Therefore, Parents should talk more with their children. If parents speak more, the quality of their child's language will improve accordingly. At the same time, besides necessary daily conversations, parents should engage in more casual chit-chat with their children. Hart and Risley compared such talks to a social dance, which is interesting, vibrant, and a back-and-forth verbal interaction. 
That's all for the first section. We've learned that the first step in education is to change our perception. It is not the socioeconomic status of parents, but the quality of parent talk that determines children's achievements. The amount of words children receive from their families differs a lot. The quantity and quality of language greatly affects children's IQ, speech processing speed, learning ability, and potential. Parents should communicate more with their children, and consciously improve the quality of their conversations. In addition to necessary and practical everyday interactions, they should also engage in casual chit-chat with their children. They should be encouraged to talk about everything with them, and communicate their emotions. Next, we'll explain what effect parent talk has on a child's brain. It is common knowledge in neuroscience that after a baby is born, its brain continues to develop. If an infant is exposed to a stressful living environment, tense family atmosphere, and their parents often use negative words to communicate, studies have shown that the child's body will produce a large amount of cortisol, commonly known as the stress hormone. Cortisol penetrates the brain bit by bit, and this affects the structure of the brain circuitry. Conversely, if the family atmosphere is relaxed, warm, and filled with loving words, it will stimulate the child's neuronal connections, thereby promoting brain development. Edward Tronick, a professor of psychology, performed a well-known still-face experiment. This experiment studied the effect an expressionless face has on infants. You may have seen videos of this on the internet. In such videos, a mother faces her baby. At first, the mother smiles and plays with the baby, and the baby is very happy. Suddenly, the mother turns her head away from her child. When she turns back, her face is blank and expressionless. At first, the baby continues to tease her mother, making faces, dancing, and trying to elicit a response. But the mother remains expressionless. Then the corners of the baby's mouth curve down, and they start to cry. When the mother returns to her normal appearance and resumes interaction with the baby, the baby slowly becomes happy again. Living in environments that are chronically blank-faced or angry, a child's body will produce a lot of cortisol. Cortisol can have a negative impact on children's thinking, learning ability, and physical health. What's more terrible is that such negative effects are irreversible. The experiment looks cruel, but in fact, this is something which happens naturally in our lives. Parents are not always to blame, because they may not be in control of the situation. Parents usually face a lot of pressure, especially when their children are young. Therefore, it is common for them to turn away from their children, criticize them, and show blank expressions. However, when parents pass their stress and anxiety on to their children, the children's future learning ability can be affected, and many personality problems may arise. From this experiment, we can also conclude that a child's brain and potential are not static, and their living environment has a profound impact on them. So, when is the best time to influence a child's brain development? It turns out that the first three years of life are the most critical. During infancy, the brain is in a state of explosive growth. The more neurons are connected, the more developed the brain becomes. If the most critical period is missed, the child's neuroplasticity will be significantly reduced. This is a regretful situation. For example, 
There is a disease known as childhood cataracts, which affects children's vision. If the treatment is timely, and surgery is performed early, children born with this disease can restore their vision completely. However, there have been cases where families did not find out in time, and didn't have surgery until the child was over 8 years old. Although the operation was successful and their children's eyes appeared normal, they were never able to regain their vision. The same is true of children's learning. If they don't study hard when they are young, they will find it very difficult to learn when they grow up. Infancy is the heyday of children's neuroplasticity, and their learning ability is impressive. For example, in a family where the parents come from different countries and speak three languages, the child can learn the three languages at the same time. But for an adult, learning one foreign language is very difficult, let alone learning three languages at the same time. At the height of neuroplasticity, an infant's brain can distinguish the special sounds of every language, such as the tones in Chinese, the uvular consonant in German, the alveolar trill in Spanish, and the slightly implosive consonants of the Maasai. Professor Patricia Kuhl who studies bilingual brain development, once said babies are true citizens of the world. In the first year, the brain automatically quantifies the sounds it hears, and computes their frequencies. The predominant sounds eventually become the child's mother tongue, thereby establishing long-term neural connections. Professor Kuhl performed research on Japanese infants, and found that they can easily differentiate between the English R and L sounds at seven months of age. However, three months later, this ability disappeared. This shows how essential early development is. If we miss the critical period, the brain will trim away that potential, giving us a heightened ability to utilize our own language. Extraordinary learning ability is time-sensitive, and neuroplasticity decreases rapidly with age. So, the older we are, the harder it is to learn a new language. In addition to having an effect on children's brains, parent talk also affects children's thinking ability and outlook on life. This includes areas like mathematics, spatial reasoning, literacy, self-regulation, executive functions, empathy, and morality. Professor Susan Levine and her colleagues at the University of Chicago did a follow-up study. They observed 44 young children in their families, and found that children who had heard more math-related words had better arithmetic skills. Likewise, those with better spatial ability had been exposed to more words relating to space and structure. There is a general belief that women are inferior to men when it comes to math and spatial reasoning, but they tend to have better comprehension, reading skills, and emotional intelligence. Have you ever wondered why? Is women's scientific thinking really inherently inferior to men's? According to the data, it is not the inborn differences between women and men, but the words they hear that matter. When people talk to girls, they habitually bypass topics related to mathematics. In a study, scientists found that mothers rarely talk to girls about topics such as space and numbers. In fact, Girls in that study only received approximately one-third of the exposure to such topics that boys received. When people talk to girls, they often say, What color is this? Is it beautiful? Are you happy? Or something similar. The most common things they say to boys are, What shape is this? How fast can you run? How far can you throw it? 
What's more, women will pass on their insecurities about their mathematical abilities to young girls. If a girl's mother is not confident in math, or a female teacher has math anxiety, then the girl will be easily affected. This is how gender stereotypes are maintained. In other words, women's poor performance in math is not necessarily innate, and is highly likely to be affected by their acquired language environment. Interestingly, this difference only exists in people who believe in talent. For those who believe in hard work, gender stereotypes have little effect. This shows the power of stereotypes. The language parents use influences a child's mindset. Carol Dweck, professor of psychology at Stanford, has published a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. She believes that there are two types of mindsets, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. People with a fixed mindset usually believe that their intelligence and abilities are innate, and they don't think hard work can change anything. On the other hand, people with a growth mindset believe that growth cannot be achieved without effort. Therefore, they will never give up pursuing self-growth. So, how can parents cultivate their children into a person with a growth mindset? People who care about parent-child education should be familiar with this method. There are ways and methods to praise children. Praise them for the process of their hard work instead of simply saying, you are great, or you are smart. This is because if a child is praised for his intelligence, he will think that he succeeded because of his innate intelligence. In order to maintain this intelligence, he will not take risks or push himself. He believes that if he fails, his perceived intelligence will be proven false. Therefore, parents should praise the process, not the result. For example, if your child makes progress on a test, you should praise him like this, darling, this is because you listened carefully and worked hard in class. Help your child realize that success goes along with diligence, so that he will gradually develop a growth mindset. In addition to its effect on children's thinking ability and mindset, parent talk also affects children's willpower. Willpower is an important factor influencing children's achievements. Children with willpower are good at self-regulation and have better executive function. Many parents voice the complaint, why is my child's self-regulation so poor? I often reprimand him, talk to him, and teach him rules. Why can't he discipline himself without my control and reminders? The crux of the problem lies in how you communicate with your child. There are two ways of disciplining a child, one is through directives, the other is with suggestions and prompts. Directives are familiar to us. You can't do this. Get down. Stop. Slow down. These are many parents' pet phrases. The directive language has an immediate effect, and it can stop the behavior for the present, but will not help children develop self-regulation skills. This is because self-regulation is the practice of exercising control over ourselves, and directives are someone else controlling us. Therefore, if we want our children to learn self-regulation, we should offer fewer directives, and more suggestions and prompts. For example, we might say, you are speaking too loudly. I feel it's a bit noisy. Can you lower your voice? Or you have an English class this weekend. Can you arrange time to finish your homework? Only when we learn to respect our children, create a warm living environment, and give them room to make their own choices, 
can their self-regulation gradually take shape? As we mentioned earlier, to help a child develop a growth mindset, we should praise his or her hard work. However, over years gathering evidence, the author found that fostering a child's sense of empathy and kindness is best achieved by praising them as an individual. This is more effective than praising their behavior. If you want to ask your child for help, you can say, would you be my helper? This is much more effective than please do me a favor. That concludes the second part. Parent talk has a profound influence on a child's brain function, thinking ability, and outlook on life. In the first three years, a child's neuroplasticity is very high. A good language environment can stimulate the neuron connections in the brain, thereby affecting the structure of the brain circuitry, which in turn affects the child's brain function. Meanwhile, parent language also affects many aspects of children's abilities, as well as their sense of morality. Parent talk is the foundation of a child's future well-being, including the development of social skills, emotional quotient, intelligence, and abilities. This is something all parents should be aware of. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.